Might be March 28th, 2019, like in the middle of the day, you know. And I'm doing a podcast today, and I just want to do not the most bare minimum podcast, but this I didn't have a subject to really that I really wanted to hone in and talk about outside of I have several things I want to talk about. That is somewhat important that I just want to get my shed some light on, some thoughts on. Um, one of them being the Lakers in sports in general. I've got Lakers news, Raiders news, a little bit of Dodgers news. And so I wanted to talk about that. Um, Let's get into that real quick. The Lakers season has officially expired. Uh, They're missing the playoffs. Now, I had them going to the playoffs, but not doing shit in the playoffs, which is just as bad. Fans, if we would have, if the Lakers nation would have, if the Lakers in general would have made the playoffs and got bumped by the Warriors or bumped by the Rockets, you know, because we were probably snuck in an eighth or seventh seed. Your ROKC, we would have got bump, bumped in a sweeping, bumping. Uh, even more heads would be rolling. And so I'm kind of glad that the season ended. Um, and LeBron's not out there being hung, you know, crucified for you know, up on that stage, that podium for four games in a row, trying to defend the reason why they're getting swept. You know, we just take that, we just take that out, get that out there off the the fucking the season's ended, and we have not even finished playing the regular season. When I mean the season ended, we got mathematically eliminated from that hoe, and. There's no, there's nothing we can do to you. We're not even in the hunt. Uh, Brooklyn Nets and D'Angelo Russ bounced us uh, a couple games back. And I they played the Jazz last night, the day before, which was an entertaining game. Uh, however, we lost. Uh, we beat the Wizards, I think, which is no great stretch of an imagination of anything either. The thing is, and everybody wants Luke Walton to get fired. I actually don't want him fired. I don't. He wasn't the problem. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of egos on the locker room now. You know, you got Lonzo Ball. You got his dad. You got Magic Johnson. You got LeBron. You got 
a cast and crew of other players. You got Rondo. You've got Lance Stevenson's were crying out loud. You have, you know, Kobe chirping. And I'm not saying Kobe's chirping, taking swipes at anybody, but if you've noticed, he's been talking here and there about, you know, if he's the greatest of all time. And he did an interview with uh, ESPN Greenlee that used to formerly of Mike and Mike. Um, There's just a lot of noise in Laker, and that's perhaps that's in the Lakers. Perhaps that's what they're doing. They're just creating a lot of noise. But regardless, no matter what coach comes in there, I've heard Ty Lue. I've heard um, uh, what was the other coach that I heard? I've heard a couple of coaches being named as possible Lakers coach. And I don't think that Ty Lue is not the answer. Hell no. Uh, Perhaps the only one that is the answer is homeboy from TNT. I can't think of his name right at the top of it. But he used to be the Warriors coach and then he's a commentator. Uh, He's the one that said that Clay and Steph are the best uh, backcourt in all of the NBA. It's not Mike Trico. Why am I thinking Mike Trico? But anyways, I think Mark Jackson. I think it is. Mark Jackson's sitting out there, but I don't. I don't think he has a desire to coach the Lakers. I don't really know who has a desire to coach the Lakers with the amount of drama that's already on the table. It's just already there's a lot of drama on the table. There's a lot of big egos. There's a lot of big names. There's a lot of big things in Laker Nation to overcome. And Luke, and I would tell you, cool hand Luke, Luke Bowen has got a couple years of experience and he's about to hit his stride, I think. I don't think he looks deterred or detracted. He's not sitting on the bench, you know, with his arms folded, not calling out plays. I mean, he's coaching. Like I said, there's a lot of injuries to overcome this year as well, on top of all that. And I'm not giving no excuses to the Lakers. The Lakers have been playing piss poor on defense for a full minute. Um, nobody can shoot a free throw for shit. Or at least that was the beginning of the year. But now I think they do make free throws. Uh, they look old, but Lonzo's not playing. There's a lot of things. They were going to trade everybody to get Anthony Davis. And that kind of sent the wrong message to the team. But that has to do with magic. You know, magic in the upper brass of the Lakers organization. Um, like I said, that and Luke is just in the middle of it. Like, but Luke, if you've noticed, is really quiet. He's not out there pointing fingers at players. He's not out there getting ejected from games or looking. You know, if you notice. ESPN is not sitting there saying that there's tension. I mean, they do. They tried. They they were reaching for a story a while ago about LeBron and the tension with him and Luke. But you've noticed that that almost disappeared. It's not nowhere to be found. They, everybody's just under the assumption that Luke Walton is getting fired or being let go. And that might, and I could be reading this all wrong, but I think it'd be a huge... Unless you can get a... A tremendous upgrade, but there's not any good coaches out there in the landscape. 
you know, John Gruden is not sitting out there for them. You know, you know, or the John Gruden has. Uh, it's not like Jim Harbaugh sitting out there for an NFL team to come in for the perfect situation to bring a coach back. Um, there is no top dog coach that is on the hot seat because their team is totally flunking the season away. You know, Steve Kerr is not. He he hasn't won 20 games, and the, and the whole Warriors are revolting against him. You know, there's no situation like that in the NBA. Doc Rivers somehow has the Clippers, I think, in playoff position. So he's not moving. And I don't even know if the Lakers want him. Uh, there's just, and there's no coach out there outside of Steve Kerr currently that I can think that's got three, four, five, six championship runs, let alone wins. So we're not, we're not going to get a championship brass coach to start. Not like when Phil Jackson came to LA that Phil already had six and then he came to LA and got seven more. That's not happening. Or how many I don't know, I forgot how many more. Five more. He got five more in LA. You know that's not the case with uh any NBA coach right now. There is no NBA coach out there sitting there with you know four rings on their on their hand, outside of Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr's got three. Probably going to get four this year if they if they play their cards right. But there's nobody else. Mike D'Antoni is stuck in Houston. Um, Mike Spolstra. I mean, the list goes on, but I don't really know. Jay, I heard Jason Kidd. Uh, yeah, that that. Where are we going to go with the coach? Where are we going to go? Unless you're going to tell me. Kobe's going to come back and coach the Lakers. That would be, I would, you know, toss Luke Wallen right out the fucking window. But that ain't happening. Magic's not going to get down and coach the team. Um, we just simply don't have, and I think we need to stay the course of Luke Wallen. Yeah, it's a learning curve for everybody. You know, Braun's got to adjust to Luke. Luke's got to adjust to Braun. Um, but I think we took an assistant coach from the Warriors that had a championship or two. Luke's won two or three championships with the Lakers. He's got he's got a collection of rings. You, you guys forget that he knows what it's like to sit there and win it all. And and participate. He's got a winning pedigree to him. He knows what he's doing. Um yeah, this is a whole new thing. Like, it was a new thing for him coaching in general. Uh, now he's coaching with some really big names and some really big, you know, really big momentous things happening behind the scenes that he's got to navigate and manage. And he's got to find his own way. Uh, and I think he will find his own way. I think Luke will navigate the murky waters and in the remote the turmoil waters. And I think if you give him one more year, this year coming up, because we're not going to get a better coach. Maybe we could be looking for one, but we're not going to find one. And I think maybe we'll have our eye. But I think next year with all the Lakers healthy, with the little system in place that he's got, you know, we're trying to bring back the late show of old, let the players play loose, you know, run the court, dunks, passing, uh, in a healthy Lonzo, healthy, you know, healthy everybody. 
you know, in a little bit, maybe maybe we'll get Anthony Davis, you know, free agency. With, with something like that, we're going to win games and we're going to make the playoffs. Now, is, is it enough to get us to the championship? I think we're behind the eight ball in that aspect because I felt like this year we're going to make the playoffs. Next year, we're going to make a title run and perhaps win it. And I felt that Braun was going to get one to two rings at minimum over here in L.A. We're behind We're behind schedule. We didn't make the playoffs this year. Next year, we probably do make the playoffs, but we're not going to get the title run. So then now these two years left with Braun and back-to-back wins with L.A. would be something special. But, I mean, we're like I said, we're behind schedule. We're a little bit behind. But that's neither here nor there. You know, in your – and that was my – schedule for them and I think that was most people's schedule for the Lakers they just had us pegged to make the playoffs uh, and do something was it going to be magical? No I don't think anybody had us winning the championship I think they had us going seven games with Houston or, or six games with the Warriors or something crazy yeah that sounds optimistic and you know we could gather the troops up for the next year and win it all yeah, but I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought we were going to get to the playoffs, and depending on who we played, we were just going to avoid the sweep or win a couple of games. Um, but I think most people had that expectation, and it's not happening. So now we're behind. But to me, you got you got to also keep in mind this. Braun played in the East, and the East is just not good. Year in and year out, there are only like one or two good teams on the East. Um, And then the rest are sub-500 teams or whatever. The West is crazy right now. Um, Yeah, we do got LeBron here in the West, but I think the level of intensity that the Western Conference has is an adjustment for LeBron as well. So we got to, like I said, we got to give Luke a little bit of wiggle room. And I think he needs to sit down with Magic. He needs to already have made that phone call. If he hasn't already, he needs to say, Magic, I got to get one more year. You got to give me one more year. You know, this is a learning curve for not only him, like I said, as far as managing these big names, as far as handling the drama, as far as handling rumors and locker room issues and all that nonsense. But it's also it was also a learning experience for LeBron. I think LeBron has now got his feet wet and now is going to know what it's going to take to compete in the West, but not, and not only compete in the West, but be good in the West. That's something that LeBron probably didn't expect. I think he expected to just rise to the top. Maybe he had those expectations, but now I think he, I think you can see that this is a team game. Basketball is a team game. Unlike baseball unlike football you know as much as you LeBron probably dreaded seeing the Warriors in the finals for seven game series he didn't want to see Houston in the finals or he didn't want to play you know you got to play the Warriors three times four times regular season you got to play the Rockets three four times regular season. You got to play the Clippers three or four times regular season. You got to play OKC three or four. Those are, if you're sitting on these, those are 
those are finals matchups. They're not regular season games every other little while. Like it's an adjustment for him as too as well. And I think he needs another year. Uh we're tanking maybe. I don't think we're actually tanking. We're full of injuries. If we were tanking, this shit happened a long ass time ago. And again, you shouldn't that would have been the decision made by Magic and other people in that ain't got nothing to do with Luke. Uh, who are we tanking to get? I don't know, but I think we're going to end up trading our top pick. Getting, I think we're going to get Anthony Davis or some player. And the, the Lakers will be retooled, reshaped. We didn't trade the whole roster for one player. And we'll be well better off next season. So, I get, like I said, Luke gets a pass. And the Lakers season is over basketball-wise, but the plotting and the retooling and the adjustments will be made. They will be made. Uh, I heard somebody say it could be uh, Jeff Van Gundy saying trade LeBron. No. Uh, While it does make sense, yeah, you trade LeBron and you get take a whole team's weapons. Okay. That sounds good on paper. But what team is going to give you James Harden? Or what, you know, what team is going to fork over James Harden and CP3, you know, and two players and a first-round pick for LeBron? What team is going to... What team that has players is going to fork over what... LeBron is going to command and what the Lakers are probably going to want for LeBron. Um, who's going to fork over what, what the price is? Nobody. Nobody in the right mind going to do it. Uh, LeBron chose to come to LA out of his own free will. The Lakers are not going to do everything to keep sure to make sure he stays and is comfortable. LeBron wants to be in LA. That's the bottom line. I mean, he's in movies. He's doing records. He's making commercials. This is, he's going to spend the last, he might spend forever in L.A. Solely on the fact that he's got it, he's got a game plan for the end of his basketball career, which is fastly approaching. Um, the Lakers know how to take care of their players when they're done. Like I said, this is one of the things that the Lakers do better than any, might, they might do it better than any sports organization in the entire sports world. I, I, I can't think of any other one outside of maybe the Yankees. But I'm not the, the Yankees not so much. Um, I can't think of any other organization that takes care and treats their players better than anybody else when their careers are over. And that is on all sports. That's football, basketball, and baseball. And I would even say UFC. And, and the Lakers are just blessed because LA is Hollywood, there's opportunities for movies, there's music, you know. LA is Hollywood, baby. There's stuff there, you know. OJ played for the Bills, came to LA and became a movie star, you know, in this and that. And there's just you just a real well connected shack, you know, taken care of in, in is in LA. Magic Johnson, you know, all these players, they, they, they went on to do big things, but they're staying at their home base is L.A. 
that's home plate for these players. And, and I think LeBron sees that, and I think the Lakers know that, that he's not going anywhere. He's going to give it all. Because if he wins one title, if even if he just wins one title in L.A., he's already set up for that, but he's going to be uber, he's going to be almost untouchable. He's going to approach, on that aspect, he's going to approach the greats of any sports figures of all time. Not necessarily because of the rings, not necessarily because of but if he wins the title in L.A., the L.A. will fall in love with him and the opportunities to do movies like The Rock or, or you know, like The Rock did, you know, the, from the WWE. LeBron can do that stuff. He can be in movies. He can be on people's albums. He can, he'll have access and connections to anybody that comes to L.A. ever, as long as he's alive. His kids will have the best schools, the best acting. He, he'll, that's what... People don't see. So trading LeBron is out the question. Uh, people are going to come to LeBron to help and win this thing. Uh, I, we're behind schedule, but I don't see any issue. Um, we're out of the race of the playoffs. Sort of an issue, but neither here nor there in my eyes. Now jumping ship. That was the Lakers. The Oakland Raiders... Are on the docket now. Um, the draft is coming up soon. It comes up in April. I'm not sure what day it is. But the the Raiders have four of the first 35. Okay, we have four picks in the th- four draft picks in the third in in four in 35. Am I even saying that right? Okay, in the first 35 picks, the Oakland Raiders have four four picks. We've got, and I actually think it may increase to five. Um, The Raiders, did I say the Lakers? The Raiders have four picks in the top 35 overall. We currently have the number fourth overall pick, and I think we might actually, I'm thinking we're going to trade that back down to maybe the sixth or seventh spot because we're going to end up still getting, I think we're going to go defense. Um. We need all the help we can get on defense. The offense is going to ship shape up, you know, but we're going to get defense. We're going to get defense. Um, and the reason I say we're going to get defense is because we signed Antonio Brown. Now, that changes the game drastically for the offense. That is the Oakland Raiders. Um. We gave literally nothing to the Steelers. I think we gave them a third and fifth. We gave nothing to the Steelers. We gave them pennies for Antonio Brown. We have the cap space. We have... And I can't stress this enough. We have... Again, we have another good... Solid, and this is why John Gruden. I believe one of the reasons why John Gruden came to Oakland is because now he's gonna have all these draft picks. There's all of this stuff available to him now. He's gonna rebuild this whole entire team. Um, I do know he's an offensive guy, but we picked up, like I said, we picked up AB. Marshawn is still there. Derek Carr. He worked 
into a really good quarterback late season last year. And I and I mean late from, from mid-season on. In eight games, he only threw one pick in the last eight. And that was with no Amari, uh, no Khalil Mack. You know, Khalil Mack's on defense, but we, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on the offense. And that, and that you know, you got to convert. You got to throw the ball. And we were scoring points. Um, you know, Marshawn was injured. There's a lot of offensive weaponage that was taken away from Derek Carr early on. A lot of random things that were happening early on um, that he had to overcome. Obviously, you know, overcoming Mac was a big thing, a big psyche drain on the whole team. But that is getting done. Um, I myself did not want Oakland to shell out $100 million for Khalil Mack. I get it. He's going to be, he's a walking Hall of Famer. I get that. I totally get it. You know, but you got to, you got to make do what you would, you got to make do. Uh, we were going to have Coop. We were going to have to get paid. Coop was going to be gone one way or the other, I believe. I believe that had the Raiders, and it comes down to this. Let's let's take it back. I'm a firm believer that yeah, Mac wanted too much money, and it was just a financial decision for him. It wasn't a pride. It wasn't a you know, it wasn't a pride thing as far as playing for the Raiders, because the Raiders weren't that far off from what they were offering. To me, it was a decision that you stay in Oakland. You get this money, but we're going to lose games again. And who knows if we win. And then you got to look at the mindset of Mac. Or you take off to the highest bidder that possibly has a chance to win, which is Chicago. Chicago did make the playoffs. They did pay out the money. They do look like they have a window of winning for the next year or two. That isn't until it comes to the decision or it comes to the paying of their quarterback, Trubisky, whatever his kid's name is, um, putting up stellar numbers of these first two seasons. Uh, he's going to want top dollar money, top dog money. And that effectively ruins Chicago Unless they somehow win it all next year or the year after. Unless they somehow win it all. They're going to simply just be tapped on the money to buy anybody else. So long term wise, I don't know if that was the best decision for Chicago. Because I, I didn't feel that they were on the cusp of winning. This was, They weren't the Rams. They weren't the Saints. They're not the Eagles who were on the cusp, the pre, the. They were on the cusp of winning. This the Bears weren't there. The Bears definitely improved, but they weren't. They're not there. And unless somehow next year they come out guns blazing and start off eight and zero, um, and they somehow win it all, I don't know. They're gonna have trouble in a couple of years, just like the Raiders would have had trouble had they paid Mac last year and gave him what he wanted and made it absolutely. 
that he was going to stay or, you know, to give him what he wanted, to break the bank, you know. The Raiders didn't do that. They said, okay, we'll give you to Chicago. We'll give you, get us a first-round pick. We'll retool. Did that send them a wrong message to Raiders fans? Yes, it did. Uh, there is, There was no easy situation. Everybody's thinking long-term here. Everybody, and just like how I think it, the, the game changes once we get to Vegas. Once we get to Vegas, I believe we'll have an opportunity to get back Mac, should we so choose, via free agency, if that's even possible. Nobody is not saying that they don't want Mac to ever play for He didn't backstab the Raiders. Just simply, we traded him because it was in the best interest of both parties at the time. Um, but we will have... The money issue is different in Vegas or, uh, yeah, Las Vegas. Uh, or Nevada. Nevada, I should say. Las Vegas is not the state. Nevada. Um, high-end city with high-end everything. Vegas just changes the game. Like, I said, and I don't know, I, I can't explain this enough to people out there, but if you're a kid that grew up in the lonely state of Kansas, or you grew up in Wyoming, or you grew up in North or South Dakota, or you grew up in Tallahassee, or you grew up in any, or Mobile, Alabama, you grew up, you know, you're from the SEC, Mobile, Alabama. And it comes up that you get to play your top 20 pick, possibly top 10 pick. And it and it says there, hey, you can go play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, you can go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, you can go play for the Buffalo Bills. Hey, you can go play for, you know, the you can go play for... You know, the Detroit Lions or, you know, maybe not, maybe Detroit's a bad example, but you, you're getting the, the point. The Cleveland Browns. And then it's, hey, Las Vegas is sitting there at 15th overall pick. Las Vegas Raiders. We immediately shot up to the top of people's list, places that we're going to go play. Um... No, no knock against Oakland in the Bay Area. Bay, Bay Area is nice, but it's just not the same. It's not the same type of animal. It's not the same type of beast that that is Vegas. It, it dwarfs my, it dwarfs you know Miami. Um, it dwarfs a lot of big cities. I can't think of many other big cities. I mean, there's only Los Angeles. There's you know New York. There's Boston. There's a few big cities where people are like, damn, I would love to go play in that city. You know, just be there, you know, just as a tourist destination, even for a couple of years. Even if, you know, maybe longer than a couple of years. And we're distance-wise, we're not far from L.A. Two hours. A little, a little plane ride over. Little, little. 30-minute plane ride. So, I mean, we're proximity-wise, it's, it's there, man. And it's close to Arizona as well. You know, close to the Grand Canyon. There's things that you're not seeing that are close to Vegas. And like I said, that changes the theme because now letting Mac walk, you know, trading him out, he's happy. 
the Raiders are now going to be happy with the pick. And I'm excited for those picks because I don't believe in having the number one overall pick. Jamarcus Russell, you know, don't know where that man's at. And I hate bringing up that man's name, but he was a number one draft pick. Top rated, number one overall. And look how that turned out for us. Look how that turns out for most number one overall picks. Um, they just simply, they just don't stack up. I don't know of many number one overall picks that are just still kicking it, you know, that got the cloud attached to their, to their name. They just, they don't. But let me tell you who does come out of the 20s. You know, Aaron Rodgers. You're getting some you getting some players that come out of the twenties late first round. You get all the people that people passed up because they thought they were better and they get a little bit of they they give them a little bit of fire to say, you know what, I'm better than those guys. And now I'm gonna show you why I should have went number one instead of this guy, or I should have been the first linebacker drafted or I or I should have been the first corner drafted in the draft. So then two picks from Chicago and Dallas. Dallas, you know, thank you very much for that number one overall pick too. Or not that number one, that first round draft pick. Dallas done fucked up too in getting Coop getting Coop why they gave us a first round pick for Cooper's beyond me. But let that be beyond me for beyond them. I'm okay with it. You know, we're good. I'm okay with it. It's blatantly obvious that Cooper did not want to play for the Raiders. If that's not obvious enough for you, you know, go watch the tape and go watch how he reacted being in Dallas. He just hated Oakland. Some people hate their jobs too. You know, I don't really care. I don't really. I liked him when he was a Raider. You know, stop following him now. I mean, I'm not going to pay attention to pretty much anything. I don't really pay attention to Raiders players once they're not a Raider player anymore. Um, I know once a Raider, always a Raider is a thing, but I'm not really... I'm not a hater, but I don't really care either. Um, Seemingly every year, like Cordell Patterson was on the Patriots last year, and he won a Super Bowl. And you know what? He was cool as a Raider, but, I mean, he came in and he's gone. I mean, that's all I got to say about that, really. I mean, there's a lot of players that play for Raiders, and then it's a business thing now. A lot of a lot of players are in this for the money. A lot of players won't take that pay cut unless you know they're going to a team that's going to win. It's just simply how this is done. It's the nature of the thing. I mean, if somebody were to tell me, hey, dude, Today I work, you're going to work 16 hours in for your normal pay. And I would be like, no, I'm only going to work 10 hours. Unless we're on the cusp of becoming the next Apple. You know, we've got this product that I totally see that's going to fucking blow up. And being the next Uber, being the next, you know, Instagram. 
And I and I can see it trending, and I know for sure that everything's in place and the organization is there. And I believe, and I give them a two-year window. Okay, show me in two years that this is going to take off, that I'm not wasting my time. I might take a little pay. I might work those 16 hours. I might put in a little extra effort if I can see it. If I can't see it, I'm not doing it. Um, people are the same way at football. Okay. Yeah. You know, if anybody out there listening, if Facebook calls you up right now and tells you, hey, we've got this job that's going to pay you $1 million and it requires you to be on Facebook all day and monitoring and chatting with people. Leave your work, leave your city, up and move over here and come be on our team. You would not turn down that money or that job because you know Facebook is winning. You know that they have a good track record. You know that that money is there. And, the, and if they ask you to break your back a little bit, you probably do it with a smile. That's like the Patriots. That's like Green Bay. That's like, you know, these other teams that are, you know, Pittsburgh. Players know that if they get, if they get a call from some of these teams... You know, the, the Saints, you know, Indianapolis. You know, if you get a call from them. I got cut off there. But anyways, you know, if 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 Pittsburgh calls, if Indianapolis calls, if New England calls, if Green Bay calls, if the Saints call, if, you know, Dallas or Philly right now call or New York call. If, you know, the 40, maybe not the 40, but the Seahawks call. If the Seahawks call, or right now the Rams, if they call, if they call you, you know, you're, you know, if you're a free agent out there and, and you know, you get a phone call from the head coach of, you get a, call, a phone call from Bill Belichick. Let's say you get a call, phone call from Bill Belichick. Because he's the general manager slash coach slash everything. Bill Belichick says, hey, you want to come over to win a Super Bowl? We just won it last year. We were there a year ago. I think we can win back-to-back. There's nobody that stands in our way in the AFC. And we're going to demolish anybody that we get from the NFC in the championship game. Because we got this defense now. And we got Brady. Six rings. He's not scared of nobody. If Bill Belichick calls you and says, hey, look, that's what we got. We can give you $6 million for the season, even though you're probably worth 10 But we're going to get you a ring. And he sits there and he tells you that. And you're a player out there that's been playing for six years, seven years. And you're tired of playing for... Five-win teams, eight-win teams, showing up to the playoffs on a 10- or 12-win season and getting bounced. You know, you might just move. You just might say, hey, you, you know what? I'll take that pay cut. Yeah, that sounds real nice. I'll get a ring, but i still getting a little bit of money. Yeah, sign me up. It's the same thing. Um, that's, the, that's the nature of the sport. So I'm not really too concerned about Mack and Cooper from the Raiders. We got Antonio Brown. And I think this is, Antonio Brown is the first 
domino for the Raiders because I think the Raiders know while their future was in flux two years ago and even last year, a lot of players now know that the money that the Raiders are going to shell out, the way that they're going to move, where they're going to move, and I think you got to pitch to everybody, look, the Patriots just won another Super Bowl. Brady's going to be like 40 years old, and Belichick is going to be done. That's going to leave the AFC wide the fuck open. Come get paid. Let's build a Super Bowl championship, and let's start the next dynasty warriors that are going to prop up in their in their place. Because I think Pittsburgh's going down as well. That's the pitch. And we're going to be in a badass city. Uh, still, it's still close to California and Vegas in Nevada. Is not, it's like a right on the border. Uh, it's not far from people. It's it's what it is. And Antonio Brown is the first piece. And I like that we got him for literally nothing, man. Um, the draft is coming up, and we got and we actually signed up another receiver. We've signed who else have we signed up? We made we made a couple quarterbacks. I know we got Mike Glennon. Um, you know that's Derek Carr needs some competition, and Derek Carr does need a backup. Um, but we currently have the fourth overall pick. I think we trade that back and pick up another first round pick, if not this year, next year. Um, and we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get some. We need a linebacker. We need some DBs. Might get another corner or safety. Um, we got some work to do on that offensive line because I know Donald Penn is gone. And Osemele is gone as well. But you know what? Th- those are draftable pieces. Uh, we can. I don't know how many second-round picks we've got but in third round, but we can draft those players in the second and third rounds. We can start getting these building blocks, these these offensive linemen. We can get we could still get free agents to come in. Blocking, while it is a skill, but it's more it's more mental and might. I don't know if anybody's ever physically looked across from another human being that's standing five feet away from you and he's looking to run right through you, and your job is to hold him. There isn't much. There is scheme. I do know some coaches scheme up front. They do stunts, you know, blitz packages. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, most of the time there's five or six guys on the line with a tight end possibly. And you got five or six guys on the other side, and you're looking right across at another man's face. And you're just simply telling them, you can't beat me. And that's it. Football sometimes is simple as that. It is complex. Yeah, you know, you got uh, zone blocking and bullshit. But I would say 50% of the time of the game, it's a straight up, hey, this guy is coming directly at you. Don't let him fucking through. Whatever you do, don't let this motherfucker 
get past you. That's it. That is fucking football up in the trenches. And on and on the defensive line, which we need help on the defensive line, and we might need an edge rusher. Or actually, we do need an edge rusher. We do need some sort. We probably need somebody in the middle as well to help. Your job is do whatever it takes to get to the quarterback at all costs. Hit the quarterback. That's your only job. However we're going to do it, run some stunts, run some schemes, pull a guy, drop a guy in the coverage, blitz another guy. Get to the quarterback because you disrupt. I don't care what quarterback you are. You disrupt the quarterback. You put him on the ground constantly. He's running for his damn dear life. Completions go from 60, 70, 80% completions down to zero. Ain't no quarterback, if he's getting sacked, he's throwing the ball. As a matter of fact, he's going to fumble a time or two, and the game going to be blown wide open. But it's as simple as that up front in those trenches. It's simple as that. And and I believe, yeah, there is some specialty players, you know, and Dominic and Sue, and, and players like that who are good at it, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, seemingly nobody can beat. But in reality, and I know we suffered from this last year, in reality, anybody can do it. Uh, some people are better at it than others. But I think we can draft and we can get some more free agents. I, all hope is not lost uh, for the Raiders. We're not looking at We didn't go on 16 last year and we're looking at like another one-win season. No, 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 no. The Raiders have retooled. Um, and Antonio Brown is a first place. He, we've got a wide receiver back there who is now productive and doesn't drop the ball and is just the top of his game. He's one of the top receivers in all the league. Um, stretching the field. You're going to have to keep defenders honest because you cannot just simply he's going to beat man to man. So you got to kind of scheme coverage towards him. Um, I, do, I do know we still got Jordy Nelson and Seth Roberts and a couple of other key players. But you know what, man? Uh, Antonio Brown pretty much cancels out consistent man-to-man coverage packages for the Raiders. It just simply does. It just simply you cannot just go man-to-man every down and put seven or eight in the box. It's just not, it's just not, that's not going to happen anymore. That's just not that. So you take one little wrinkle of the game away from most teams that were just pummeling us on defense or pummeling our offense with their defense, you know. And not every team, not every team would play us man to man, but seemingly good teams were not scared to run man to man, uh, and they were just overloading the box, and the that if in effect hurts the run game uh, because there's a lot of congestion. So now you take that you take that man out, another man out the box, and maybe we're looking at six-man fronts. Maybe we're looking at four-man fronts. I mean, maybe they're not even crowding the box. Um, Antonio Brown helps a lot, and I think Derek Carr caught traction late in the season, and he went a little bit under the radar with his stats late season. We didn't win many games last year. We only won four. But we definitely, he definitely turned the corner 
you could just look at um, Homie's breakdowns. I think it's Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter. Just watch his breakdowns of what happened to the Raiders late season. And th- and that was happening with nobody playing. No Amari Cooper, no Marshawn, no Mac, nobody. Um, we picked the- we did pick up a defender, the homie from um the Rams. Um, there's a lot of noise going on. People, John Gruden's got some pool, and I don't know why people were thinking John Gruden didn't have any pool. Uh, John Gruden isn't dumb. He had it, the first decisions, and I think he did a phenomenal decision was to cut or trade Mac, and he had to approve it because there's no way he didn't have a say in it. I do know they didn't speak, and it was a Reggie McKenzie thing, but that happened. It's done. He got it out. He let the whole season pass, and now everybody is looking at it like, okay, they can understand now how that how that happened. Reggie McKenzie being gone, and now uh, our new general manager Mitch is in, and now he's making moves. We're making moves now with the guidance of Gruden. They're now both new two new faces, but I think we've improved. We definitely improved on the coach. John Gruden is a superior coach. Than Del Rio. Now I like Del Rio because he's the one that took us out of the darkness and in, he showed us the light. But John Gruden, I think, is a far more superior coach than Del Rio. Uh, he just is just what it is. Um, winning a Super Bowl isn't easy. It's not as easy as the Patriots make it look. Just ask Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a well-run organization most of the time, and they will struggle. From time to time and putting winning seasons together, the Packers year in and year out always are good, but they struggle too with the get to the Super Bowl and winning it. Um, it's just hard. The Saints, well-run organization, just it's not that easy winning Super Bowls. It's just not. So we got a coach that's got a Super Bowl under his belt, some big-time games under his wing, and with the new breath of fresh air, John Gruden is still coaching and he can coach. He had us. I believe he had us turn the corner late season last year. Finally, all his little things. Everybody's now into the system. Everybody's starting to get adjusted to him. It is a little bit of a curveball. I do know some of these teams come out the out the gate, guns blazing with a new coach, and start firing on all cylinders. You know, like the Harbaugh bro did over there in San Francisco. And everybody wants that, but when nobody wants is where is San Francisco at right now? Are they better or worse than where they were when they had their Super Bowl? They're they're way worse, and I don't and I don't think they're going. They're not trending anywhere better. They're stagnant. I mean, San Francisco not going up or down on the radar. Although I think the Raiders are going up, and they've had similar seasons the last two seasons. Um. I think the Raiders are going upwards, and that has a lot to do with the coach. A lot to do with Mark Davis. Mark Davis gets shaded a lot on a lot of people's books, uh, but I think he's a phenomenal owner. Um, he had to make the, the very tough decision to move us to Vegas. He had to navigate all the BS that goes on in the NFL and 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 everything and. And then he got Gruden in, and he brought in, you know, he did get Reggie McKenzie. And I give Reggie McKenzie a lot of credit, too. Um, 
and he had Del Rio come in. Them guys, they gave us a winning season. Mark Davis gave us a winning season out of nowhere. Um, he just did. There was a lot of seasons of no winning, and then there was one. And I believe that there's going to be more. And a lot of people look on these couple of years that we've had now, these last four or five years, as being sort of a gray zone. But I think once the light, once we get into the light, you're going to see the, I don't know if it's a genius or just Mark Davis taking the Raiders into a new direction and just winning. Just win. That's all it is. It's just the win. Football isn't complicated. Just win. You know, I don't want to be cliche and, and say, you know, just win, baby. But it's just fucking win. Just win. It's not hard. Um, you know, I think we're, got, we're going to have plenty of winning seasons in the future. The future for Oakland looks bright. Like I said, I don't know when the draft is. But I think we should get some defenders up in here and rejuvenate that defense that kind of let the offense down last season. Uh, Antonio Brown is the first big name to come to the raid. We could still make a trade or two. We still free agents. All the big free agents are now gobbled up. The big ones. The Raiders got one. But the Raiders going to have some players. Um, the Raiders going to have some players. I, I think it was um, Chris. No, not Chris Collinsworth. What's it? What's that guy's name? Colin Cowherd was saying the Raiders got players, and he's right. The Raiders have some pieces on the board. It's up to John Gruden to put those pieces together and make it work. And I believe it will. We've got one more year in Oakland. This season, I don't expect us to get to the playoffs, but then again, you never know. I expect us to do a whole hell of a lot better than we did this last season. Um, and now John Gruden doesn't have to be introduced. He doesn't have to come in and get the all glitch and, and the camera action, you know, in front, distracting him. Now it's he's grinding now. Gruden's grinding his grinders. He's grinding it. Probably taking a little time off, but you can't tell me he's not thinking of plays. He's salivating at, at having Antonio Brown. He's thinking of all these first-round draft picks and early second-round draft picks are coming in. Oh, John Gruden is foaming at the mouth for this to happen. An evil genius plot that, you know, is now at his at his disposal. And I believe these this next batch of players will be better than what... Del Rio and Regiment Kenzie when they got, you know, Mac and Cooper and Derek Carr and all them, you know, they're going to, these these batch of players will be better. And as as crazy as that is, that saying that we're going to get better than a Mac, we're going to get better than a Khalil Mac. I believe it. Fucking believe it. That's the hype, bro. Fucking believe it. It's impossible to miss on four four top picks. We're gonna hit, uh, I would say, two or three of them, and one of them might just be a, just turn out to be a really good player. But we're gonna hit a, we're gonna hit this out the park. I get, I believe believe it because we're going to Vegas, because things are now growing for the Raider Nation, and that's what I, I just want to talk get, spit my little uh, segment about the Raiders. 
Um, championship, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers literally did nothing to improve the roster. Outside of Corey Seager coming back, or, uh, yeah, I think it's Corey Seager. I don't think we really have anything to look This season, I don't know, man. I keep telling people that the Dodgers are not repeating a three-peat to the, to the World Series. They're just not. Will they make the playoffs? Hmm, I don't know, man. Arizona gave us a run for our money late season in the playoffs. Or was it Colorado? I'm not sure. But those two teams looking hot. San Diego made a move. They signed Manny Machado to a billion dollars. Mike Trout signed up to the Angels for a billion dollars. I don't know how many. 400 million. But you know what? Dodger Nation. I still stand the Dodgers. I'm still here. Still be bleed blue. I'm going to turn on the game tonight. To find out. What's up with my Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers, man, I mean, today I think it's game one. I think it's, I don't know if the Dodgers play tonight or not. All right, so Dodgers. Ironically, I was talking about Dodgers and they are playing and that by no coincidence is actually happening. But they are winning the Arizona Cardinals, no, the Arizona Cardinals, the Arizona Diamondbacks, three to zero, uh, bottom of the second. But the Dodgers, I don't know what's expected of them this year. Um, I don't foresee them getting to the World Series again a third year in a row, let alone winning the thing. So, I mean, and Corey Seager's back, and the Dodgers didn't really make any roster adjustments. They let some people go. I just was listening to him a little bit ago saying, yes, Manny Grandal is somewhere else. Manny Machado is elsewhere. Uh, Puig is in here, which I think is an okay. Um, we're definitely missing some pieces to the puzzle. We didn't put back any pieces, which is interesting. Uh, Hunjin Ryu is um, pitching today and hopefully stays healthy. I don't know. I don't really know what's expected of the Dodgers this year. I think maybe making, I mean, at worst case, they just go as a 500 team, like 80-80 team. But I don't know. I don't know what's to expect of them. I mean... Just in sports in general, I don't know no team in sports that goes to maybe the Buffalo Bills of old, but I don't know many teams that go to the championship twice and lose it and then come back to win. And I know the Texas Rangers went twice, and look where they're at. Um, yeah, I don't just don't know. Don't got to beat on the Dodgers this year. The, the season just started. Today's uh opening day. And they're playing at like two in the afternoon, West Coast time. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. And they got hundred and sixty one more games to go. This is barely one of one sixty two. 
several course corrections going to have to take place throughout the season. And I think they're still a good team. I just don't know how good they can, can be. And I don't know if they have enough to get past a Boston or a Houston. I don't know if they got enough to get past the Yankees. I don't know if they got enough to get past, you know, teams on on the NL side of things. I mean, I just don't know. Like, there are some other big teams out there that got big team aspirations. Uh, the Phillies, I know, got... Bryce and I believe the Phillies are now in position to do some damage. So I don't really know, you know, what's in store for my Dodgers this year. Um, Roberts, he's a good coach. I think he was able to do what, you know, our previous coach, I can't think of his name at the top of my head, wasn't able to do, and that was to take us to the World Series. Um and we should have won the first World Series. Last year, we got beat down by Boston, four games to one. But the year before that, when we lost to Houston, uh, we lost in seven. And, you know, that was that was bad. That kind of hurt us last year in Boston. If we would have, if we would have won Houston, uh, the Boston Series would have been much, much better. This year, I just don't see us getting back to the World Series uh, unless we're going to have to make a big trade mid-season again or late season to get somebody in there that's going to take us up and over the hump. And I don't really know if that player out there exists, let alone if the team is mentally capable of getting to the World Series a third year in a row. There's a lot of big games and a lot of pressure. You know, and I just think the team is just going to be gassed. <sighs> Fucking gassed. I mean, it happens. The Lakers gassed. Three-peats are hard, let alone two of them are losses. LeBron was gassed with the Cavs. It's just teams and players get gassed. That's just what it is. Um, You just get gassed. There's no other way to put it. I don't really know, you know... I wish that wasn't the case. I wish we had won both World Series and this year we'd be looking to three people, but I don't that's not gonna happen. I just don't see it happening. But the Dodgers, um, I think will still carry some momentum from last year as far as their baseball wins, but I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna endure all year. I think they're gonna taper off late season, mid to late season gonna taper down into just being an ordinary team. And that sucks, but I think, you know, they still got a window of opportunity to win maybe in the next couple of years. But it's so hard, uh, it's so hard to to discuss the Dodgers after they you got to the World Series twice and we didn't get one, man. I mean, I know the players know it, the fans know it, the coaches know it, everybody knows it, man. I mean, that was our that was a win, that was a golden window that we just blew and and even before that um you know we've we had we've won the our division now i think five years in a row and this could be six but i don't really think we're gonna win it six years in a row and then not to have a championship kind of sucks you know 
it's just man it it's just it's hard it's it's one of those things it's really 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 hard to just to look at at that at that i at that you know at that at that you know in those eyes it's just really hard um but it's a long set. We got Max Muncie at first base, and I know Max Muncie turned it on last season as well. It came out of really out of nowhere and just produced. Um, Corey Seager's back. Hunjin Ryu's there. You know, Kershaw's there. Um, Jock just hit a home run, and he's still there. We've got we've got players still there. I just don't know if it's enough. I don't know if mentally if we've got enough to get us up and over the hump. And when I mean get up and over the hump, I mean to win the World Series. I think we're going to have to – they're going to have to cut out some of these players and get some new blood in. I don't know who stays, who goes. Um, But I can already see the the gears kind of shifting downwards for them. Like I said earlier, a lot of teams caught up late last season. It was tough for us to get into the World Series. I believe it was either Colorado or Arizona that gave us a fit. Um, you know, and seeming, and I think, you know, other teams, the Cubs are still there. So the Phillies are there. Um, the Nationals are still there. There's just a lot of teams. The Padres improved. I know Manny Machado, he got $300 million. You can't tell me he's not going to at least ball out for a year or two before he gets bored of the team, if if that's the case. Um, but definitely, you know, the Padres improved. In, uh, the Diamondbacks still have Goldschmidt, I believe. They still got Zach Greinke. They still have players as well. I mean... This season is really going to be wild, man, I think, for the Dodgers. I think we're going to have an up-and-down season as far as... Well, I don't think it's going to be as up-and-down, but I think we're going to be good for a while, and then we're going to taper off. Even as we taper off, those games will be up-and-down. I believe the games late season will be up-and-down-ish games. And as far as that, you know, as far as, like, we're going to win some nail-biters. We're also going to lose some games. Um... Ultimately, we probably do make the playoffs, but I think we get eliminated right away. As much as I don't want to say that, uh, you know, just what it is. Just just looking at the landscape, man. And hopefully we get some other, you know, stuff, pieces going. I mean, I, I want my Dodgers to win. I want them to win every year. I just don't know sports-wise how it's possible. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um yeah, that's my sports uh, jab that I got right now. Um, I haven't talked about the UFC. I mean, I know Conor McGregor just retired. I do know Chris Cyborg. My Cyborg lost to Nunez. Um, Cyborg is going to come back. I, I believe in Cyborg. There's no way the UFC is letting her go. She gonna. I think the UFC needs to unleash her violent side. Um, her knockout power needs to come back. And I think she could still run amok in the UFC and still make a fortune. Uh, Nunez has been beat. And I believe Cyborg can beat Nunez um, in a rematch. 
little bit different strategy. Maybe she goes for more of a, a resting at first and then hits her hard. Um, you know, it's an interesting matchup. Not the, the women's division is totally random. Um, Khabib sent McGregor all the way to retirement. Um, that beating he took really was a beating. I don't think Connor wants another, another crack at that. He get the same, the same treatment, man. Um... You know, John Jones is champ, but where's John Jones going? Um, DC is still the champ, so there's still some things going on in the UFC. Boxing, not so much, but I'm really looking forward to John Jones's. I think he's gonna go on a little run. He's now he seems more mature. He's off the dope, and he's a champ. And it's just what it is. Um. He's just, he's probably the most versatile striker. I've been a John Jones fan for a cool minute. Ever since I've seen him beat DC the first time, even though it was rescinded, and then he beat him a second time, even though it was rescinded twice. Uh, John Jones, one of my favorite, just because his style of attacking you just hits you everywhere. And that, to me, if you're talking mixed martial arts, we could incorporate wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, Different strikes, takedowns, all kinds of uh, stuff. John Jones is right there with, you know, some of the greats. You know, Anderson Silva, as far as striking goes. Um, he just simply just comes at you from every angle possible. It's crazy. Uh, and he's a champ, and now I believe, you know... He's going to go on a little run here as well. It might be champ for a year or two before somebody is able to beat him or before he retires himself. Uh, but yeah, in, in Cyborg as well, uh, will we get the super match of Ronda versus Cyborg? Mm, I think Ronda is comfortable in the WWE right now. Um, I think Connor might be headed to the WWE. Uh, I think Brock might come back from the WWE. And I kind of, it's kind of interesting how that is shaping out to be. There's an interesting relationship right now between WWE and the UFC. In the UFC and the WWE, I don't know. I do know it's wrestling is involved, but I don't know if it's the money aspect or what it is that's between the two. Why there's a little bit of a love affair there. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, it just kind of... It's one of these interesting things that's just developed over the years. Uh, there's a lot of WWE people that would like to perhaps join the UFC. And there's a lot of UFC people who win it there and I think want to go to the WWE to do a little, just have a little run. Um, the WWE, I'll give it that they produce The Rock and they produce Hollywood Hogan and they produce... Steve Austin, and a couple of big name players that not only have, they've transcended wrestling or wrestling entertainment, but also went on to do other, The Rock is the main one, you know, as much as Austin dominated WWE and WWF back in the day in the Attitude Era, and The Rock was there, 
But now The Rock is more known, I believe, for his Hollywood stuff. And he appears on WWE occasionally. And he's opened the road for this the WWE to be producing these, these talented players. You know, Ronda was, you know, a huge UFC star and now is in the WWE. And I believe, you know, WWE is capable of producing, you know, they produce Dave Bautista as well. Um, if you don't know him, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy and he's in a few other movies. Um, it's just what it is. Um, but it's an interesting, you know, correlation relationship going on between the UFC and the WWE. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's a road for Cyborg as well. It's a road for Connor, Connor Mayenter. And that's what it is, man. Um, that's my sports. If they hadn't done a sports talk in a cool minute, and I just wanted to touch on a couple of things and, you know, the Lakers are out, but, you know, it's time for Dodgers baseball now. And it's also, you know, time for the Raiders to do something, man. A couple of months here, the Raiders get going, you know, they get going around August or September is preseason. So we're not far that far away either. From football coming back. And that's it, guys. I'm done talking. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this game that I'm watching. It's the bottom of the third. Dodgers winning three zip. And I'll let you guys uh, go. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll talk probably. Don't have an idea, but it'll come to me. We might do movies. We might do my Excision concert coming up. Uh, we might do several things. So stay tuned, guys. Catch you late.